You're listening to The Basics of Evangelism, a Sunday school series taught by Jeff Mardling at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. And uh, we'll get right into it. So let's have a word of prayer this morning, and then we'll start. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, what a glorious day to be in your house with your people and to praise our Savior. And Lord, even today with our Sunday school classes, we know that as we teach, we are directing men and women to you. And so, Lord, I pray for Jeff this morning. Give him clarity, peace of mind. Um, just flow through him. Mm. Lord, help us to be in tune with what you're doing and what you will do through this lesson. Lord, melt our hearts to see the world as you see them. Lord, give us a longing um, to share our faith and to watch the amazing work in front of our eyes of a man or a woman being born again. Mm. We thank you and we pray that you use this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, I brought my water, Tom, just like you. Uh... <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. I thought I would, uh, I'd start a little, uh, it, it was funny this morning, Rick said uh, he was praying for me earlier, and he said, don't be afraid to go off notes if the Spirit leads you. And in my reading this morning, I came to Proverbs, um, uh, I believe 11, chapter four, or verse 14, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And we live in a culture, in a country right now, that we, I, I probably can speak for most of us in this room, we don't have that faith in our leaders, in this country, in our province, in this city. Um, and I thought it tied in nicely this morning with the, with the introduction of evangelism, how often do we think to pray for our leaders, for those that uh, frustrate us, dare I say they anger us? Um, do we write letters? And is it seasoned with the gospel that we believe in? Then I was reminded, it's so easy to flip through the Bible. <laughs> I was reminded of Isaiah 9. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. As such, um, it's just comforting to know that we have no king but Jesus. And he is on his throne, and he'll look after everything but will we be a willing vessel? Will we be faithful to the call to proclaim the gospel and share our faith to many people? So this morning, I just want to do an introduction um, that is going to lead us into seven or eight weeks um, of class time on not only the how-tos or the methodology behind evangelism, but uh, what, what is it? Why do we do it? And uh, that will... And really, I'll just sum it right up. We want it biblically based. So, if you can flip that, uh, Trev. I want to give credit to this presentation to my good friend and brother in the Lord, Chris Wood. Um, Susan and I attended a church for several years in London, Ontario. And when we walked into the church, they would have... Uh, banners posting, they would say there are four pillars of the church. Worship, the word, evangelism, and prayer. 
And I thought, this is wonderful. Since I've been born again, I love the Word of God. I can get into that. I can study it. God is opening my eyes to those truths. And I love to worship. And, and, and at that time, it was singing. It was raising my voice. There's so much to that, of course. But that was my, sa- that was my comfort zone. That was my safety zone. And as, Lord, as the Lord would have it, He has really grown me in the area spiritually of evangelism and, wouldn't you know it, prayer. And they really go hand in hand. We'll do enough of these seminars or Sunday school lessons and say, or jokingly, fellowship will fill the room, evangelism will clear it. But I hope that's not the case. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning. But I wanted to give props to uh, Brother Chris Wood In 2007, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to have a burden for the lost in our community, in our society, and I went to a workshop, and Chris was there as one of the co-leaders, and we, right off the bat, just had a kindred spirit, and he was the first person that we ended up role-playing together and going out together um, to do some witnessing. Chris has since taken his Master's of Divinity at Heritage College. He is a pastor now. He's looking for a church. Um, And uh, he has done this uh, presentation um, over several months, if not a couple of years. And I just thought it was so impactful, I wanted to share it with our church. And so... A lot of these, or all of these notes, are from Chris uh, and how the Lord used him, and he presents it at his church, um, our old one, uh, but I wanted to share it with Maple City, and, uh, I, but I just wanted to give him uh, the credits for that. Okay, we'll just flip to the next one, Trev. If I can do it. There we go. Since the evangelism is about sharing the gospel... The gospel must be well understood for the believer in order to share with the unbeliever. I treat it like uh, when studying for an exam, and I know Susan's already rolling her eyes that this is Chris's notes and not mine. (laughs) Studying for an exam, Jeff? But you can study so that you know the answer or understand the answer. The first is someone who looks at the question, recognizes the question, and connects the answer like having two columns. They remember it from their study. The second understands how he got to the answer. The value with the latter is that the question is not asked like it was on the practice test. He can still answer it because he understands what is being said. He's not looking for it to be just right. And that's my hope today and uh, in the coming weeks, that when we're called to evangelize, when we're called to witness to our friends and family and to strangers that we understand completely what we're saying. We want to understand the gospel. Reciting a bunch of words that you learn will not help the one who asks questions about it. Witnessing is about making disciples. So we want to be able to teach the gospel, not just recite it. We want to saturate our minds with the gospel and understand it. This way, it is so impressed unto your being 
that it is hard to miss talking about certain aspects of the gospel because it was never uh, about pad answers. So what, you'll, what we're going to try and attempt is uh, this week and next week is the introduction, and then we're going to talk about God. And that is a huge, broad topic, um, but uh, obviously in the context of God and evangelism. Class three and four, we're going to talk about man. We must have an understanding of man as God sees him, as the Bible portrays him. And then class five and six, we're going to talk about God and man and the, the relationship, the separation, the redemption. And then seven and eight, Lord willing, we'll do man to man. How can you and I um, take this beautiful message and share it with the world? Okay. Here are the topics that we're going to look at. Uh, what is evangelism? Who is God? Who is man? Who is Jesus Christ? What is the gospel? And of course, how do you evangelize? These are all topics that will be covered in class. Uh, keep in mind, you're all theologians, and don't be scared off by that word. A theologian is one who studies God's word. It's my hope and prayer that you have a regular, daily time to do that. You are no different than the pastor or the professor or a seasoned Christian. You may just know a little bit more or less than the person beside you. But we are all equal at the foot of the cross. And we all want to grow in our knowledge of God. When we speak of evangelism, we are speaking about sharing the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus, which leads to the cross, which leads to justification. Therefore, there is many things we could be talking about in this class, and it can snowball into many more things. So I hope, if anything, too, this, this just generates conversation amongst one another. So, and if you have any questions, please see Rick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can approach, approach me anytime, and I will certainly try to help you out um, with uh, either through the Bible or some of my experiences. Uh, Chris put this slide in. There's a lot of quotes from different authors that he has used. I've, re I've read... I know Sue's rolling her eyes again. <laughs> I've skimmed through <laughs> um, some of these booklets, uh, but uh, there are some really great quotes that Chris has used to uh, just accentuate his point. And uh, these are some of them. Okay. I want to remind you that this is for every Christian. Okay? Anyone who completes... Uh, does this course should be better equipped um, and a little more confidence in sharing their faith. You don't have to be a street evangelist to um, be really excited or um, want to learn more about sharing your faith, sharing the gospel. This is for everyday living. And in fact... I dare say that as we go through life, the Lord has put you in front of people that he wants you to be faithful to and to share the gospel. You're going to go about Monday through Saturday and see a lot of people that I'm never going to see, that Pastor Rick's never going to see, but you are. 
And if we pray and we're prepared to uh, share our faith and, and uh, share Christ in him crucified, you'll be, ama- you'll be amazed at how many open doors the Lord will allow for that in your life. The commands or the imperatives of Scripture, you may have heard that word, are predicated on the truths of Scripture or the indicatives. That's something that I learned this week. So we want the facts to shape our thinking. Pray that God will transform our hearts based on the scriptural truths so that they desire to obey God. Dragging someone out or guilting someone into sharing their faith um, will lead people to being fearful and joyless, having no desire (laughs) to glorify God. This is not to say that we do not encourage people going out on the streets. And I'll just say right now that it's my desire to help Maple City with different community outreaches. I was uh, blessed enough to go weekly for 14 years down to London and help lead a team of street evangelism. And we would have wonderful conversations and we would pass out lots of gospel tracts and Bibles. We even learned and uh, committed to doing some open-air preaching. And people would say, Jeff, why do you go to London and not in Ridgetown or Blenheim or Chatham? And my snarky answer is that there's no people on the streets of our towns after 5 o'clock. But uh, having been back home, and especially through the pandemic, um, I do realize that there will be community um, gatherings, Retrofest, the Santa Claus Parade, Halloween. Imagine if Maple City makes a, uh, an imprint um, in our community during those events. And I'd, uh, So think of those things. Not only your sister or your brother or family member that needs Christ, but so many that are lost in, their, in our community. So that's what we're gearing towards um, and even a Halloween outreach. Stay tuned for details. (laughs) Okay. Um, I know that people can be scared and fearful of this. We need to come around each other uh, with encouragement and support one another with this. Okay. I also want to say that this is for the church. This is not about guilt. It's about loving one another to step out in faith. Also, it is good news that I share the good news so that we should have an outlet to share this good news. And uh, remember that we're all like-minded people in this room. Or I pray we are. Some of you may have an understanding of how evangelism is done. You may have strong convictions on this. You may have done it longer than anyone else in this room. But please be respectful. Do not be argumentative with one another. If we love Jesus Christ, we should treat each other with respect. This does not mean that we cannot dialogue or wrestle with things and ask questions. If I don't know something... I'm going to try and find it out. I'll, I'll go to someone that's been walking with the Lord longer. 
That's why we have wonderful pastors. That's why we have wonderful elders in this church. And can I just say too, Susan, Sue and I have been blessed to be here the last two and a half years and make Maple City our home. And I'm really encouraged. And, and in fact, I feel lukewarm to a lot of you who know the gospel, who share the gospel regularly with your neighborhoods, with your families. I see that culture in Maple City, and we thank God for that. Amen? Yeah. Be a Berean. I had to ask about that. Just to be teachable and uh, one that studies the scriptures. You're going to find the rest of this course as we go through the next uh, month and a half. It's just knowing your Bible, committing scriptures to memory. That will help you. Can I just, uh, I, I let, I'll probably say this a couple of times, but um, a seasoned, uh, not seasons, but uh, a more mature Christian who was helping me with witnessing my faith, he said, we don't want to have a fear of man. We want to fear God reverently and biblically. And just remember, you know more than whom you're talking to. And uh, if it's based in the Bible, you really can't go wrong. Okay. So all that to our evangelism intro. Okay, Trev. Uh, actually, we'll skip the next one. Some questions. What is evangelism? Evangelism is sharing the gospel, the good news, with unbelievers. Uh, we will get into this in detail on exactly what the gospel is, but it is a message. And thankfully, brothers and sisters, we are blessed to hear this each and every week from right here. And we get to sit under that. Whether it's Pastor Rick or Dan or Andrew or a guest, when we have our uh, missionaries with us, we hear the gospel. This message is encouraging. Um, it's teaching. It's discipling. This message can be verbally delivered or written down. Having someone read tracts or parts of scripture is evangelizing, assuming that the tracts and the sections you are uh, reading include the gospel. We do have uh, in our Welcome Center some gospel tracts. I encourage everyone to carry some with you. We might get some more uh, um, different ones for perhaps Christmas time or Halloween. And they can be sort of uh, fun to hand out and whatnot, but they, we really want to have a biblical message on the back that talks about God's holiness, our sinfulness, our need of a Savior, the redemption through the cross and his resurrection. Okay? It can be as simple as the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, taking it through exactly what we're going to be teaching. It could be passing out a new Bible to someone, turning it into the scriptures. I remember Joel and I and my son went to Baltimore in 2018 to come alongside a church that uh, they called it Scatter Week, and they would go out 
and they would do a vacation Bible school in the inner city of Baltimore, just find a park, go knock on doors, and there might have been two or three kids on Monday, but by Saturday there was probably 30 or 40 kids. It just grew. And in the afternoon, we would go downtown Baltimore as a church and over to the subway station and uh, share our faith, pass out tracts, do some preaching, and uh, witness. And I remember the pastor's wife, Jennifer. Um, I have a picture of it. I should have put it in my slideshow today. But she is standing. I'm behind them, but she's standing. And this guy, who you might think, yeah, I'm a little scary. I don't want to approach him. But he, she's got her finger, and they're just reading scripture. And I'm like, oh, is that beautiful? The power of God and his word. So, pass out a Bible. I'm sure this church has Bibles somewhere, and we can, uh, we can share them. We have to get wisdom. Yeah, okay. They do no good in here. Nope. Right, okay. <laughs> Amen. Um, it is defined and constrained by God's word. I, I believe this is important. The message is defined and constrained by God's word. Don't go beyond what the Bible says. Paul might have spoken of his gospel, 2 Timothy 2.8, but he did not mean that he developed it. His gospel was in reference to the gospel message that he himself proclaimed. In order to know the gospel, it is not found outside in the world. The stars or the sky do not proclaim it. The trees and the oceans do not scream it. It is found within the pages of the Bible. General revelation does not save anyone. Only special revelation, the Bible, does that. Metzger says in his book, to be unwilling to evaluate our evangelism in light of the Bible is not taking the scripture seriously. So please be defined and constrained by by God's word. What is evangelism not? It's not letting your light shine. (laughs) Francis of Assisi reads, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Yes, we are to let our light shine. We are to live differently than the rest of the world. But that is not the gospel. That is living in light of the gospel. It is not your testimony. Now, don't get me wrong, and we were talking about this 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 morning. Um, Chris uses this. I've I've heard this presentation from a a ministry called Teen Challenge. They will come into churches, and and it is wonderful ministry, wonderful. And it is gospel-saturated. But a lot of times you'll hear their presentation, and it's Teen Challenge got me off drugs. Teen Challenge changed my life. Um, that is good news, but that's not the gospel. And that's, that's why I think where Chris and I would agree that be careful of just, just sharing your testimony if it doesn't give accolades to Christ and his work. It's not apologetics. I do like apologetics. I'm learning more and more about apologetics and, and have studied it. Um, it's a defense of the faith, 1 Peter 3.15. We need to learn and grow in this, but be mindful that sometimes we can get so wrapped up in apologetics that we forget to share the gospel. We're just defending, defending, sometimes arguing and arguing. Apologetics come often on the heels of the gospel. Um, 
both Chris and I have had cases when we're evangelizing uh, or, or witnessing to someone, uh, we would learn a lot. And, and sometimes we would use uh, evidential apologetics. So the flood, um, historical archaeological, archaeological finds. And, and then later on, on, I learned something about presuppositional apologetics, right? Base, our faith starts with God, and everything doesn't work without God. Even the hardened unbeliever, he doesn't even know it, but he's borrowing from our worldview. Romans 1 is clear on that. We all have suppressed God's truth with unrighteousness and uh, faithlessness. So we get excited to debate someone, and sometimes that can go on and on, and what happens? The conversation ends, and I haven't shared Christ and him crucified. So please be mindful of that. And then lastly, it worked, does not trump, it is written. Nor does it did not work, so I'll never try this again, or <laughs> I will try something else. I was thinking of the scripture, some sow, some water, but God brings the increase. Some people think that because they have done something the same way for so long, and they've seen people come to faith or come to church, they dogmatically proclaim, this is how it's done. Brothers and sisters, if it was not biblical, God was gracious to save that individual, despite your disordered, unbiblical approach. However, we are called to be biblical and Christ-like in our approach always. We should not be pragmatic because it may have worked once before. We should not try to sweeten the pot or water down the message. You don't have to do that. Keep God at a very high bar. Bring people up to him. We don't have to bribe them with benefits. Be faithful. Paul corrected incorrect evangelistic practices in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. And we should have a deep conviction to tell the truth and to trust God that he will grow his church. Not me, not Carolyn, not Bruce, but God will grow the church. Who should evangelize? It's easy for many of us to root our even evangelistic, evangelistic efforts to the pastor, to the teachers, to evangelists. Why? Often we do not feel equipped to talk about these things. Our faith is personal. We feel like we uh, will get tripped up or something. We'll get into the, uh, the reasons for this uh, shortly, and it will be covered in this, these lessons. Whoops. We may be left to think we do not have the gift of evangelism because we don't always have that inner drive. That's my prayer for this whole church, that we are burdened for the loss, that God is flaming the fire of evangelism and witnessing and sharing your faith on a daily basis. There's really nothing more important. He has saved us and he has left us here. Yes, for learning and rejoicing and praising his wonderful name. 
but for seeking and saving those that are lost and being a, a useful vessel. That's why he's left us here. Do you feel like that? Um, Metzger says, I am not sure what the gift of evangelism is, but I have a feeling that with God's help, many people can be gifted in this area since we are all called to witness. Okay? I want to, if anything, over the next several weeks, impress upon you that you can do this. If, you, if it's not a part of your regular walk, you can do this. And we're... Yeah. Scared. Um, they know we ought to be doing this, and at the same time they feel either ill-equipped or terrified, or they're going to lose some friends. Or and so the fact that people are here is a really encouraging start. Amen. And I think this is a good point to just share a little story. That first day that I met Chris, um, part of the afternoon session was that we would get in our cars and we would go to a park. And we would go up to strange people and we'd pass out a gospel track and we would hope to be able to talk about God, Jesus Christ, redemption through the cross, his resurrection and salvation and eternity. And our, our, uh, one of the pastors, the van that I was in, and I was sitting behind the driver, he said, let's whip into this McDonald's, we'll just go through really quickly and we'll just bless everybody with a gospel track at the table and then we'll come back out. We'll say, have a great day. We're from a local church, whatever, but just in and out. So we parked, and I froze. I was so scared. And everybody in the van got out, and they went in. I didn't even undo my seat buckle. I stayed there. I was so scared to do that. And if I could say anything, and and we'll get into this in subsequent weeks, but uh, why... Why don't we do it? And fear is a big one. Nervousness. When it came down to, and I see this in hindsight, I didn't want to bother people. I didn't want to be a bother. I was, I was learning. I was new at this. I was immature. But as Pastor just said, I was there. And that's the first step. Uh, I was thankful to uh, get out of the van when we got to the park. <laughs> and uh, we did approach some people. And God was so gracious. They were good conversations. Okay. So, you don't have to be, uh, have the gift of evangelism. We're all called to it. Let's encourage one another to do it. Why should we evangelize? Is that the next one, brother? Yeah. Uh, First one, God commands it. It's the Great Commission, Matthew 28. 18 to 20. Jesus is not just Savior, but Lord. He is our master. He calls us to many things. We should obey him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? This is not a question of difficulty. This is a question of the heart. As I said, we want to delight in God and his commands and not see them as a duty. Number two, we love God. Who of us cannot think of a time where our affections for someone were so overwhelming that we wanted to do something for that person to show them how much we love them, to please that person? 
We love our God, and He loves us. Number three, our love of people. We all know that we struggle with this one, and not just with unbelievers. But if we took more initiative to think of people as lost, helpless, blind, we will be more gracious and loving to people. If we only were more intentional in thinking about people with love. This past week, I've been thinking more and more, you've been inundated with news stories of 9-11 from 20 years ago. And to think of those first responders or the countless stories of people sacrificing themselves to help fellow man out of those burning buildings. Brothers and sisters, those that leave this world without Christ, the Bible is clear that God is right to punish them in eternal fire of hell. We have an opportunity each and every day while he's given us time Let's love our neighbors as ourselves. Okay, preparation for evangelism. Learn the gospel, number one. Of course, we're going to go through that. We're going to practice. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. Number two, prayer is essential. I can't strive enough in my walk with the Lord and in witnessing and sharing my faith how prayer has become, um, it just is hand in hand. That should be in anything as a Christian. To go to him in prayer, to commune with him, to talk with him, cast your burdens, listen for answers. Prayer is essential. It is through the word of God that the spirit of God opens the eyes of the blind. We need to pray that God would be active in our witness. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Here, we see that Paul prays for, or what Paul prays for. Number three, prepare our hearts, minds, and feet. Be intentional. Prepare yourself. Be available. Most people treat evangelism as an afterthought. If you have some tracks in your glove box, there might be some people at the gas station that are just standing there watching the numbers. Go share a tract with them. Here, I thought this would be some good news for you today. Have a great day. How are you doing? Just wanted to share this with you. Have a great day. Not too many people crumple it up and whip it at you. (laughs) And sadly, sadly, that is not persecution. (laughs) Oh, darn, they crumpled up my paper. Okay, next slide. uh, You can hit that. Slay our assumptions. Guard your thoughts. Often we play out a negative outcome in our minds when we think of sharing the gospel. Number two, see evangelism as a discipline. Like everything in life, we need to be disciplined. Lazy Christians are immature Christians. Discipline with prayer, Bible reading, going to church. We know these things are good, but we can slip into a relaxed comfort zone. 
Evangelism is a discipline. But like all discipline, it gets easier to maintain as you keep up with it. I like what Mark Dever said, plan to stop not evangelizing. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to do this. We're not, not going to do it. Number three, reflect uh, or understand a gospel-shaped way of life. Reflect on the gospel in your own life. Are you living in light of what Christ has done for you? People can feel guilty about sharing the gospel because they are living like the world. In there. Do that. Number four, when possible, give leadership in evangelism. This is an area that most people do not feel able to provide leadership. Can I encourage you as we grow in this area, as you learn to share, come along somebody else in this area. It's not all about imparting a whole bunch of knowledge. It's about demonstrating by example. Okay? That's what we're here as a collective body. All of you have different gifts. You're all members of the body. And you excel at things that I'm not really comfortable in or, or good at or disciplined yet. So come along, help me. And we will share all of those things. Okay. Uh, this is taken from Metzger's book, and uh, we find it quite helpful that you really want to present the gospel as the whole gospel, not a shrunken gospel, or I would say um, not the whole context of Scripture. We want our gospel to be about the whole gospel. This is why we need to be studying and growing. A shrunken gospel is to maybe say, God is only love. I'm sure you've heard that. Or Jesus loves you. Have a nice day. Does Jesus love the sinner? In one sense, he is gracious with them. They are his creation. Ezekiel 33, 11 says, Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back. Turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Jesus says in Mark 10.21, with the rich, when the rich young ruler comes to him, the scriptures say, and Jesus looked at him and loved him. But what is the end of the encounter? He was disheartened by the say, saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Oops, sorry. One thing I'll practice this week is how to use PowerPoint. <laughs> um, we want this to be message-centered, not just method-centered. And what I mean, method-centered is that you must invoke an experience. Bribe them with benefits. You get peace, joy. Get them to say a prayer. Close the deal. You don't need to do that. This is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Metzger says, we do not need to try to entice people by methods, appealing mostly to their desires. It is about the message. God will invoke the emotions if the message penetrates the heart. I love that. Oh, he's so strong. May we be yoked with Jesus Christ today. 
Make it God-centered, not me-centered. Me-centered is not radical enough in its opposition to sinful human nature. Me-centered waters down sin, hell, judgment, and the response one needs to make to the gospel. A.W. Tozer said, The cross is a symbol of death. It stands for the abrupt, violent end of a person. It is there an emphasis on self-denial and the cost of following Christ. Me-centered theology is people-pleasing, centering on the ability, potential, capacity of fallen man. It takes human responsibility to an extreme. Again, you can use experiences, but we want to keep this in context of God doing the work. Okay. Perfect timing, Trev. Why are we afraid to evangelize? Number one, maybe we do not know enough. If I was to speak on a topic that I knew nothing about, I'd be pretty fearful. (laughs) But the more you study, the more uh, you understand, the more confident you become. Can I just say that I may find it easier to go to those parks now or to talk to someone on the sidewalk because I've done it over several years. Practice makes perfect. Your first 10 is your worst 10. (laughs) But they're not in God's eyes. You're just being faithful and obedient. So don't be discouraged. (laughs) Uh, Number two, we haven't done enough. This is like learning to drive a car. You may know how to drive a car, turning the wheel, hitting the brakes, the gas pedal, the blinkers. This is timely because I'm teaching Joel how to drive right now. The poor guy, he was trying to merge onto 40 Highway the other night and he had the wipers going and the wrong blinker and it was sweet. (laughs) But we've done it a million times and over a million miles. It becomes normalized. It becomes easier. Practice is the only way you get over your fear. Number three, we are self-conscious of what people will think of us. We wonder what people will think of us. This is, what, this is with me, my insecurities. I didn't want to bother you. What are they going to think about me? Who's that crazy Christian? Is he a Bible thumper? This is actually a sin if it hinders us from doing on, from which we should. Does that make sense? If God's placed it on your heart, is it the sin of omission? Yeah. If I see someone drowning in a pool and I don't yell out to them because everyone is looking at me and I raise my voice? No. As I said before, eternity hangs in the balance. Do you believe in this room that there's one way to God and heaven? His name is Christ Jesus. He's sweet. He's humble. He's contrite. He's loving. He's sacrificial. You can share this message. And you can give it in the whole context. Lastly, and we'll wrap up, spiritual battle. Sue can attest that on Friday nights when I was getting ready to go to London to lead a team downtown, I hardly wanted to go. Something would come up. The kids, a family matter, something at work. Oh, there's a new movie. (laughs) I'm tired. I don't feel good. 
this is a spiritual warfare. Okay? Keep that in context. Grow your faith. Think of that. We can't see it. We can't touch it. But it's there. Paul says in Ephesians 6, it's the powers of principality. It's out there. They, the devil does not want you to share Christ in him crucified. And he's going to and fro on this planet trying to stop you. Never failed. I'd be sharing my faith with someone and I'd get through God's holiness and why they need a savior because we've maybe gone through God's law and I've condemned them (laughs) using scripture and then the bus would come or he'd have to go. And I didn't get to share Christ. I didn't get to share the good news. That's spiritual warfare. The devil didn't want me to say Jesus to him. Share the gospel. This is normal. This happens because we are wrestling with the spiritual realm, Ephesians 6, 12, and their constant influence us to not spread the word of God. They will do everything they can to get you not to share Christ. Think if you are afraid to share Christ, you must be doing something right. Okay? The demonic do not, have, do not take interest in people who do not spread the word. Prayer before witnessing and all week long is how we overcome this. So I'll close with that. Our time is up. A little bit of homework. Go to Exodus 20. Love for you to learn the Ten Commandments. Why should I learn the Ten Commandments? Let me share with you. uh, I've got it here. In closing. Psalm 19, verses 7 to 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statute of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. You're going to use the law in your witnessing, in sharing your faith. People love themselves. They're doing just fine. Give me two of those Jesuses because he can come alongside me. Bring them to the cross. Bring them to God on their terms and use his law. Don't be afraid. We have to show the person why they're in need of a physician before they understand what the medicine's all about. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this time. It does go fast. Father, we we pray that you will stir in our hearts, even this week, Lord, that you would give us opportunities to think about Christ and, and other people that need him. Father, bless this time over the next several weeks to grow us, to make much of Jesus Christ in this dark world, to bring us closer to you, and to be a light uh, to our neighbors, to the city, to the province, to the country, and to this world, bringing the loss to you, Lord. Father, I just pray for the service that's about to uh, take place for Pastor as he shares uh, his message. Father, again, that we would be attentive, we would apply these truths to our heart so that we can take it out and uh, live in light of 
our faith in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of Maple City, please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com.